Hello and welcome everybody to an extra special episode we have for you today. We're doing a 2022 recap of all the movies that we haven't talked about and a few that we're looking forward to. So today we're actually going to start off with our cocktails. So Nick, do you want to tell us what you have for us today for our special 2022 recap? Uh, So we actually have two drinks today. Um, both Prosecco-based. So we have the very classic uh, mimosa. We decided to take some uh, orange juice and freeze it in ice cubes and then pour some Prosecco over that. Uh, And then we also decided to go with the extra trendy Prosecco drink uh, to close out 2022. It is a Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco, even though you don't say that. Um, So please don't roast me. Um, yes, we're yeah. roasting Nick. Actually, this is the 2022 <laughs> roast episode. <laughs> we, we bring it on. Welcome. We, we brought you here, made us, made you make us some drinks just to be roasted. Mm-hmm. Well played. You didn't see it coming, did <laughs> no, you? No, 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 not at all. Just thought it was going to be a normal episode. This is great. Well, my least favorite drink that you've made this year is, no, just kidding. All the tequila drinks. Wow. Every tequila, tequila drink. and ginger drink. The Negroni that we did originally. But the irony for that is uh, that mm-hmm. I like all the tequila drinks you make. I would say the Vesper was probably the hardest. The Vesper is easily my least favorite drink <laughs> like I've ever that. had. Yeah. <laughs> I like that this started as a and joke of a roast, but it's, it's, it's it full-blown gone into okay. actual roast. But truly, you did make us have a Vesper two times. This is true. It's because we had enough of uh, we we had enough themes that you know it was kind of too hard to pass up the Vesper. Uh, he hates us. That's why. It's true. Well, <laughs> he loves the look I, I, on I hate our myself face too because we... that that drink is not good. <laughs> no, so uh, we did a Negroni Spagliato um, with a twist. Um, so I don't like Negronis. Sh- Straight up, I think they're too hard as far as like bitterness goes. Like mm-hmm. they're, it's not, it, it's a very acquired taste. And to me, you have to be in a very specific mood to have a Negroni kind of straight up. So normally, what I've been doing, because um, weirdly enough, I've been making a lot of Negronis this year, but I will add a splash of uh, like acid. So normally, it's uh, lemon juice. But today for this, we decided to take uh, some of the orange juice that we. Uh, that we had left over, that we froze, and use that to shake up the Negroni mm. um, and serve it that way. And then we put a little bit of the ice cubes that were left over in there, so that way it didn't go to waste. But well, I think the orange juice is a good um, addition because Negronis for me that Campari or the Aperol is really bitter, which I don't have the palate for it. Maybe maybe I'll develop it eventually, but. I just find it bitter, so I think the orange juice really helps, and I think it's tasty. Yeah. It sweetens it up quite a bit. It makes me think of kind of a, like, the same way that a lemonade is bitter and sweet. That's kind of what this gives off. I think Mm -hmm. the, yeah, a lot of times with a Negroni, it can, it's not only bitter, it has a bit of an aftertaste to it as well that lingers, and I think that can kind of put people off. I like the Negroni, but I also prefer bitter to sweet or like a savory to sweet and so I think that's part of your palate too just depending on what you like and honestly like if you're ever going to try a Negroni and like you don't like the bitterness just 
throw a little bit of lemon juice in there, it will make the world difference and it will be way more tolerable. Um, so yeah, so for a Negroni Spagliato, so normally with a Negroni, it's equal parts. Um, uh, Campari, for this one we used an Aperol because Campari was all sold out because everybody's making Negroni Spagliatos apparently. <laughs> um, so you have a Campari, a one part Campari, uh, one part sweet vermouth, which is a darker vermouth, and then uh, one part gin. Um, but for the spagliato, you just sub out the gin for prosecco, mm-hmm. and it's really as simple as that. And it's all supposed to be in equal parts, but if you don't want it as bitter from the Campari, you can add more prosecco and kind of balance stuff out the way you like. And so, uh, so it's very easy to make. It and it's like I said, it's one part of each thing so it's all equal ratios it's really yummy it's very good i like it quite a bit mimosas on the other hand are very very simple it's just some prosecco and then orange juice to your liking i'm sure there's like a ratio out there somewhere but honestly like the joke is you just kind of wave the orange juice around your prosecco and then that's good enough that's a mimosa to some people Mm -hmm. i like a, a juicy Mimosa, but that's typically because I'm having it in the morning. I'm frankly like, <laughs> as much as I enjoy a good cocktail or a, a nice beverage, I don't necessarily like drinking early in the day because I get so tired. Like yeah. one mimosa and I'm ready for a nap. So I'm going to be useless for the rest of the day. So a, a, a heavy OJade mimosa is my personal preference. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and maybe that's a good like thing to do next year is is maybe find some cocktails that are more like for the the day, the day drinkers of the world cuz prosecco's i mean you know it's 15 to 17% alcohol or like 11 to like 17 depending on which prosecco you buy that's mm. that's a strong drink to start the day off with even with orange juice added on to it if you're hitting the what ground was run that face taylor taylor just made this <laughs> look I like, I like feel- I do feel a little judged, maybe. Attacked? No, 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 not at all. I mean, there's definitely time and a place for, like, mimosas. And, you know, it's it's not the, like, everyday brunch drink. But, you know, also, when you're in the weekend and you're having brunch, it's it's fair game. I don't know. If I'm day drinking, it's it's mimosas, champagne, prosecco. Mm-hmm. Something it's, easy. I'm not trying to make cocktails all no, day long. If no, I'm starting no. early, it's going to be... Beer and I don't and I don't yeah, like cool. Bloody Marys, which I feel like for like brunchy day drinking drinks, it's either mimosas or Bloody Marys. Yeah, it's one or the other. Um, and I will say that one time I had brunch in Fort Wayne at this like distillery, but they served brunch and they had a mimosa on the menu, and I was like, oh, like what? I don't know. I think I asked what went in the mimosa, or maybe it was a little confusing on the menu. And they're like, oh, like instead of champagne, we use vodka. And I was like, that's a screwdriver. <laughs> I'm like, don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you can't call that a mimosa. Don't, don't fancy up a mimosa. <laughs> I, felt, I felt so like betrayed or like offended. I was like, don't call it a mimosa. Like, it's yeah. not. If it's just vodka and orange juice, that's a screwdriver. Like, there's nothing mimosa about it. Well, I like the, what's this called? 
Aperol twist? No, this is an Acroni Spagliato. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of screwdrivers. Yeah, screwdrivers and Aperol twists. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Chewy. No. Okay, I have two drinks <clears throat> to focus on this That's week. True. I'm I and I'm halfway through pretty much both of them, so yeah, just full disclosure, I was, I was going to make one or the other for everybody, and then Taylor was like, no, we're having both. At this point, you're here to mediate, because who knows what's going to start flying across this table. I don't know, wait till you see my list. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, no, so basically what we're doing this week, with the new year approaching, we thought this was a great time to talk about all the movies that we haven't been able to either fit into a theme that we've chosen or we just didn't really have time to talk about because there are so many good movies that we've watched this year. So from Netflix originals to in theater, crazy. I know it feels like, I don't know, I'm still not used to going to the theater, but it's been an extra special treat to see certain things in in the theater on the big screen. Um, so we're going to share some of those with you. And we each have lists. I know mine is massive. <laughs> so, Because what I have to do is I have to go and be like, okay, what have I watched on every single <laughs> streaming service this year? And kind of like scroll through because I forget, especially at the beginning of the year. Like there are so many good movies that come out in January, February, March that at this yeah. point I've can't remember if they came out this year or last year. So mm. I'm excited to get started. Do you want to kick us off, Taylor? Yeah, I okay. can do that. So I just used my memory. Um, so I guess I'll start with um, The Tinder Swindler. Did, okay. I, did either of you watch that? No. It's, Tinder, like the dating app? Mm-hmm. No. So it's a documentary on Netflix, and it's insane so it's i think like 90 minutes so Mm -hmm. it's an actual it's not a series it's a it's a feature documentary and basically it it revolves around interviews with several different women who have had these experiences on tinder where there's a um a guy with a Tinder probe. So I don't, I've never been on Tinder, so I'm not that familiar with it. But, you know, he has a profile and they match or whatever. They go on a date and he comes off as this really rich, wealthy man. And um, the relationship kind of progresses. And then, you know, they're dating, they're official, they've moved in together. But he's like the son of a, a diamond um, like person. Like an, an Israeli diamond family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the <clears throat> the king of diamonds, and this is like a real person, and it's like this Tinder swindler guy says that he's the son. So mm-hmm. the prince of diamonds, basically. Prince of diamonds. Yeah. So, you know, he comes from this wealthy family, and, you know, their first date is in this really swanky hotel and you know he travels all the time for business and and he's targeting uh european women specifically and so once the relationship kind of progresses he kind of 
communicates that like oh actually like my business is really risky and dangerous like there's actually a lot of like crime involved or not crime but like there's people out to get me and you know I have a bodyguard and um things can get kind of risky like in this business and then it kind of escalates where like oh my goodness like we were attacked and like oh like they're tracking me via my credit cards and so I've had to like turn them off or, like, I can't use my credit cards because, like, the people are after me. And so, like, can I, can you, can you get a credit card in your name that I can use and I'll pay you back? Mm. And this kind of progresses and, as the name suggests, Tinder Swindler. I mean, it's a giant con. It's, it's a huge scam. And this guy was able to successfully do it to multiple women for years. Oh my gosh. And ruined people's lives. So the women that were interviewed in this documentary, it's like, oh yeah, like I went into debt, like thousands of dollars of debt because I took out these loans to like pay him. And then like, it, well, and this guy also forges documents. So then he would send, he would be like, oh, I just transfer you, transferred the money to you that I owe you. And then it's like, well, it's never hit my bank account. And it's like, oh, well, you know, it takes a couple days. And a couple days go by. Still no money. And then he starts getting antagonistic. He's like, well, I sent it. I don't know. Like, here's the receipt. And it's like, you know, Chase Bank. Like, money transfer. Blah, 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 blah. And so he sends these, like, falsified documents. That's like, here's the proof. I sent it to you. Like, why are you? Like, I have the money. Like, why are you? You know. So it's kind of this weird gaslighting con swindle scheme that this guy did for years and he was eventually caught but then the I think the crime that he was officially arrested for was uh, passport uh, forging Mm. so he did like a little bit of time and then got back out and now he's out doing he's still out there he's still there yeah yeah and um the news so this um I guess there was a big expose from a Norwegian newspaper who did the investigative, like, journalism to break the story originally. So he's, like, on Instagram. He's a known person. And he's just out still doing, like, I guess he's on Cameo now. You can, like, pay him to do a Cameo. Like, he's, it's just this, like, crazy. And he has all these false identities. And it it was the craziest documentary I'd seen in a while. Like, just the allegations that just... Because at first you're like, who would fall for that? Or like, how do you know? It's like, mm-hmm. how do you get to that point where it's like you've lost tens of thousands of dollars? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure the whole time they're feeling super uncomfortable and also obligated because they're living together, right? Yeah. And so if you're living with someone, they're not going to just take off with all your money. Right? Yeah. Like, there's a sense of safety that comes with the relationship, but you're in a relationship with someone you don't know. I mean, that's so frustrating, too, right? That there's this whole documentary, basically, I'm sure, you know, rooted in trying to get the word out about this con artist who mm-hmm. is ruining people's lives. Yeah. And in turn, he's a celebrity for it. Like, yeah. how icky. Okay, this transitions really well. <laughs> into something that I watched, which is based on a true story. It's a drama, but it, it's kind of a biopic as well. Um, it's what? 
No, 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 go ahead. Oh, I thought I, you were going to... I think I know what it is, but go ahead. It's Inventing Anna. Yeah. Okay. Did you yeah. watch that? I didn't get through it. I only watched, I think, mm. the first... I mean, I think I got halfway through. Okay. Okay. Very good. Similar. So Anna Delvey is this young German heiress, supposedly, who spends a lot of money and ends up getting essentially just tons and tons of loans from people, um, conning her very rich friends out of money. Mm -hmm. Similarly to this guy, basically, you know, she's waiting for the wire transfer from her dad to send her this money, but it's taking a long time because it's international. Can they cover it and she'll pay them back, you know? But in her case, these friends who do try to take her to court or do try to argue, hey, she took this money from me, well, technically they gave it willingly. So these women, I'm assuming in the Tinder swindler situation, I mean, if they got a credit card in their name and then let him use it, then technically like they made the choice to do that, even though they were conned into it. Yeah. It's still, that's why it's like, Oh, what an icky, you yeah. can't even call it fraud because yeah. he's not pretending to be them. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. just convinced them to do this thing. Yeah, because the thing he was caught on was, uh, yeah, passport forgery because he was, he was kind of caught. Mm-hmm. So when the newspaper uh, outed him, so name, photo, everything, identity, well, his, his assumed, the identity he had at the time, he mm-hmm. was kind of stuck. Because he was like, well, great, now I can't go anywhere. And um, his money ran out. And they were able to track him and was able to find him based on this new identity that he created to, like, get out. And it was passport forgery. And so, but that was it. Isn't that wild? Because I'm sure they had their eye on him for a while. But how else do you get him? And it was so international. Like, it was like, oh, he's in Germany. He's in Scandinavia. He's in... London and France and like you know it's like he's everywhere and so it's like it's a multinational case so anyways it's I would highly recommend it um it's not a series it's just a it's just a feature so it's pretty easy to watch Mm -hmm. and or you know a smaller time commitment and it's really good it it definitely captivated me I was like obsessed I was like oh my god (laughs) well what a whirlwind of a yeah, just kind of a crazy story that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Ugh, crazy. Yeah. I love a good documentary. I watched one, which is really wholesome, not as crazy, but still really intriguing, especially if you're a cat person. Inside the Mind of a Cat is a documentary on Netflix that was really interesting. It's people, kind of these experts who talk about the way that cats think and the way they express themselves and the different sort of motivations they have and it's really really fun like I use some of the stuff they talk about on my own cat they're like you know the slow blink means they're comfortable but if you want to show them that you like love them or something rather than getting them giving them pets or being like oh beep 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 you like get get next to them and you like slow blink in their face (laughs) which is really (laughs) silly but then they'll do it back to you it's really cool yeah it's a that's a super wholesome like i want to fall asleep to something that makes me feel nice kind of documentary okay yeah that's a good one interesting Mm -hmm. is that on netflix it's on netflix all right yeah where where's the tinder 
It's on it's on Netflix. On Netflix. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a Netflix original. Gotcha. I think the Inside the Mind of a Cat is too, maybe. Okay. I feel like it's a an original. Do you have any documentaries, Nick, on your list? No, I don't. No. Because my so I normally don't watch documentaries. Mm-hmm. I would say the only one I've watched this year that's a true documentary, but it's a series, not a show, or it's not a movie, is a uh, Long Way Up which is Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman. It's mm-hmm. like their third go-around as far as, like, they get on motorcycles and they go around the world, basically. So they've done Long Way Round, and then they did Long Way Down, and that was from Scotland to uh, Cape Town, South Africa. This one was Long Way Up, which was from the tip mm-hmm. of South America to L.A., they they did everything with electric vehicles. Um, That's super cool. Yeah, the book was fascinating. Yeah. And so it's Ewan McGregor. Right. Yeah. Um, Hottie Pants, you mean? Yes, yeah. Mr. Hottie McHotpants. <laughs> the love Hello of my there. life. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Charlie, what's his last name? Borman. Borman. Mm-hmm. And they bonded over their mutual love of motorcycles. Yep. Huh. What a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Taylor, back to you. What are some other films that you've watched this year? Okay, so I watched um, Death on the Nile, the newer, newish one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really interesting because I knew all the kind of backlash for, from, like, Army Hammer. That was the last movie that Army Hammer was in, and he wasn't able to... Um, be part of the marketing or the um, press junket for it. And I think they even thought about pulling it entirely. Um, But I think they ended up being like, well, a lot of people besides Army Hammer worked on this film. Right. And so it did, I think, go on to theaters and whatnot, but they just excluded Army Hammer from any of, like, the promotion, um, like, the interviews and stuff that they do, the press Mm -hmm. leading up to the film. Mm -hmm. But it has Gal Gadot. And Kenneth Br- Sir B- Kenneth Branagh, and he's the director of it, but he also mm-hmm. is the detective. Mm-hmm. He's, like, the main character. And then, yeah, Army Hammer, and has a bunch of people in it. But I liked it. I mean, I'm familiar with the story. It's an Agatha, Agatha Christie novel. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's a remake. It's been done before. Done as a film before. So I've seen <laughs> the original. Sorry, um, I think Nullifier. Oh, Nola. <laughs> Maybe it's just she, me. She got, she got I think start- she like sh- shot up and then it like <laughs> yeah, chewed she, it out. She got of her. <laughs> Did you too? She oh my got gosh. scared too. You crop dust, Riley. Yeah, she sure did. You mm. toot it all over me. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> but I think that's interesting that they chose to, or almost chose to cut it entirely. You know what I mean? Like, think about how much money they spent on that. And, mm-hmm. oh, I can't even imagine, like, the huge loss. Because they still made plenty of money. And, frankly, probably even more because of everything that was happening with Army of Hammer at the time. I don't know for sure, but. Maybe. I don't know. It also came, it was a pandemic release. Okay, well, it did come out this year. But I think it was early enough that theaters hadn't quite bounced back yet. I mean, they're still bouncing back. But, yeah, it's just the concept that it's like Army Hammer's just one person out of 
hundreds, if not thousands of people that worked on this film, both cast and crew. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, that would be a shame to kind of tarnish it for all of those people because he already did. You know, truly, it's like, well, the damage is done. This isn't necessarily a a shining moment for Army Hammer, but for all of these other people that worked on it, mm-hmm. it's kind of a disservice to them. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was a well-produced film. Um, it was entertaining, for sure. Mm. Uh, another movie, which is also a mystery, is Enola Holmes. Yes. Two. Uh-huh. So I watched the first one and really, really loved it. And then I watched the second one pretty recently. And I thought it did, I liked it more mm. than the first one. Okay, I've only seen the first one. So oh, okay. Because I always assume that the second, especially with something like that, that's kind of silly, goofy, kind of an easy watching family film. Mm-hmm. The second is never as good as the first. So that's a kind of uplifting to hear and... Makes me want to watch it. Yeah, I thought I liked the second one bet, way better than the first one. And I liked the first one a lot, too. So mm-hmm. I was really happy that the second one was, like, just just as good, if not better, than the original. Because I, I have a similar thought of, like, oh, the second one is usually just not as good. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't planning on doing a sequel. It You know, the first one did well. And it was like, oh, let's make another. And it's Which always is like, uh, if there's no plan, is there any good at all? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, but that's awesome. But I love, um, oh, what's her name? Bobby. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Henry Cavill and... Um, Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah, Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah, it's got a great cast. It's <clears throat> really, really good. So I liked it. And it connected to the first one as well. Good. So, had, like, recurring characters. That's nice. I I appreciate that. I think that the Sherlock Holmes, I kind of like that there's a more family-friendly version, almost, because I feel like I love the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, and I love the um, BBC Sherlock Mm -hmm. series that they have, too. But those are definitely more adult. Like, they're... They're geared for adults. I think you, I think the Robert Downey Jr. You probably could take it's like a PG thirteen or something. It, it, but pulled, it pulled it still, back. Yeah, it's pretty violent still for sure. And Enola Holmes just feels like very like innocent child. Like it almost makes me think of um, like an ex- Inspector Gadget or. What was the one with the little girl who is Harriet the Spy? Oh, Harriet the yeah. Spy. Kind of a Harriet the Spy kind of feel. Yeah. But set in, like, the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> we love a period film. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I really, really liked it. Um, I also watched Wolf Walkers, which came out in 2020, but I just watched it this year. It's on Apple TV, and it's an animated feature, um, and it was fantastic. It's, like, hand-drawn animation, and they use, like, a watercolor, like, effect for a lot of the backgrounds and it's all like hand-drawn um kind of artwork like it's you watch it and you're like yes this is this is art I'm watching art and Mm. it's so good um it's set in Ireland in like I don't know maybe the 1700s maybe even earlier um but it's also a, a period piece but I loved it I thought it was great it was nominated for Best Animated Feature, 
in 2020. Those Wolf Walkers? Yeah, it's called Wolf Walkers. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I love a good, like, a different kind of animation, too. Anything that kind of, yeah, just really pretty, kind of stands out. I've been watching a little more, um, like, anime recently, Hmm. which is not necessarily my favorite genre always, but some that have been really just very pretty to watch. And, Mm. yeah, it's always kind of makes it intriguing and stand out a little more in your brain. It's like sometimes I can't get enough of it just because I want to see the pretty images, you know? Yeah, and I, I love animation, pretty much any type of animation I I just like. Um, and this, it's like Irish folklore, and it's these two girls, and it's when Ireland was being, I don't know if colonized is the right word, but kind of settled by mm. England. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of the, the forests and the wildness of Ireland was being settled and so it was kind of, it's like that conflict between Ireland and Great Britain. Gotcha. And um, there's wolves, and there's woodlands, and there's love magic, that. and Sean Bean's in there. Like, Oh, uh, we love Sean Bean! It's great. I, I would definitely recommend it if you like just beautiful animated films, really. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's the same guy who directed uh, Secret of the Kells and uh, Song of the Sea, which are both Oscar-nominated, and it's both Irish folklore. So he kind of has, like, a theme with, like, the movies he's directed. They kind of call it a trilogy of Irish folklore. Hmm. So if you've seen either of those, it, it's a very good film. It's <clears throat> It was definitely one of those Taylor was watching, and then, like, I would just slowly kind of, like, what's going on? And then just sit and then just, like, watch the whole movie with Be her. sucked into yeah, it, kind ex- of. Exactly. It's a beautiful film, and then the story just pulls you in even further. Huh. Yeah. And I haven't watched the other two, so Secret of the Kells and Song of the Sea. I haven't seen those, but they're definitely on my list to watch. I just need to find time to do it. <laughs> no, it sounds beautiful. Like, really, yeah, pretty interesting. There's a series. So this is going off of that. There's an animated, I think the only animated not exactly movie that I've watched, but they're like short stories. It's Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix, oh. which I really enjoyed. It's okay. because they're, I, I still consider them to fit in the movie category because they're short films, mm-hmm. essentially. And they're all, you know, standalone stories. And the animation is different in each one. And the characters are very different. Some of them I love, some of them I don't love, but I it's just super interesting. Mm. I really enjoyed watching it. So if you're into animation and like a good, I don't know, like a good 30-minute something, and a lot of them aren't even 30 minutes. They're shorter. So it's a okay. good it's a good series to watch. So the last one I'll talk about is um, Inside. So I know that was one you recommended, Riley, and I love the album. Mm, so I, good. I listened to the album a lot, and I finally sat down and watched the um, the comedy special. Mm-hmm. So it's Bo Burnham on Netflix called Inside, and I I loved it. I thought it was great. It kind of gave me like Truman Show vibes and mm-hmm. like slice of life, and I loved the camera. I guess techniques he used because he he wrote and produced and filmed it himself by himself for the most part, and the lighting and just the art. I don't know. That's just the artistry of it. Wasn't it beautiful? I you liked it a lot. It's a, yeah, it's like all these self-contained um, music videos, 
and commentary all kind of meshed up together. It doesn't really, it's one of those that I think it expands genres quite a bit. You know, it's like it doesn't, it's not just contained into, here's a series of stand-up pieces. Here's a series of funny, silly songs, you know, with Larry. <laughs> LOLOL for my Venture Tale friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's on my list too, though, actually. It's because it's such a good, oh man, it's such a powerful story. There are pieces that make you laugh. Pieces that make you think and pieces that make you cry. So I think in that way, it's very well-rounded. Yeah, and listening to the album is much different from watching it because there's a lot in the special that's not included in the album. And so I really liked that there's a scene where it's like a video game, but he's like a Twitch streamer, so he's like down in the corner, and he's like, oh, I'm playing this new game. And it's like, oh, the graphics are really great. And it's just like him sitting in a room (laughs) and then it's like the only option is like press x to cry and he like starts crying (laughs) and he's like oh this is this is weird there's really not much for me to do here i guess i'll uh just cry some more (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then he's like oh someone in the chat says try the door he's like i mean i think that's kind of obvious i probably won't you know it's probably gonna not work for me and it's like the door is locked and it's like you're stuck in this room and like that's (laughs) Yeah. It just, I loved it so much. I was like cracking up at it. I love it. But yeah, Inside is really great. I would, I would watch it again. See, that's so interesting. I would watch the first half of it again. Mm -hmm. I feel like the second half just takes a turn that hits me really hard. (laughs) I mean, every time I've, because I've watched it twice. Some of it's pretty heavy. Oh boy. Well, and especially, I mean, I don't know. I feel like as we get further into the pandemic as in we've adapted more and this has become just sort of a way of life and part of life now. what we are doing right it feels i my comfortability and just like realistic expectations just are what they are you know mm-hmm. it's like this is what is happening let's move on you know kind of thing yeah. and watching this when i did i think i was still in a place where it was just so hard to conceptualize and and also too close it's like you need an amount of time to kind of forget how miserable you were I haven't quite forgotten how miserable I was being (laughs) locked in my apartment all by myself you know yeah no that's that's fair um it is very heavy and I mean there's definitely like trigger warnings you know in it Mm -hmm. um but I think it's just done so well and it's such a good like introspective kind of piece and I really resonate with kind of like dark dry humor and that's pretty much what it is throughout Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like ironic parts and like uh, FaceTiming with my mom. I was just (laughs) thinking that I was like FaceTiming with my mom was one of my favorite parts of that because it was so real. It really was. (laughs) Lord, and so, so sad. Yeah. So sad, so real. Yeah, but, so that's, that's, I have more on my list, but I'm sure we'll, I think we probably have a lot of crossover too, so. Yeah, no, there are definitely ones that I'm seeing that are pretty, pretty similar. Um, I mean, yeah, Bo Burnham Inside is just such a good one that resonates. Um, one that I just watched, I don't know if you've seen it yet, because it's, it's pretty new. Is Glass Onion? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh 
gosh. Okay, this is one that I think I might like better than Knives Out. Even really, yeah. Wow. I know it's very different. But I want to watch. I want to watch them both again, like back to back, kind back of. To back yeah, and, I, and make a decision. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just felt like this one had me stumped a little more than Knives Out did. Yeah. Knives Out, I think I was maybe also trying to figure it out. And Glass Onion, I was just like, let's see what happens. Let's just go with it. (laughs) Um, I feel like there's a lot more twists, maybe. I don't know. In Glass Onion or in... in Glass Onion. Yeah, I think so. It took turns that I for sure was not expecting. Well, and it also felt like kind of kitschy in that way it was like there were things that clearly you would never be able to figure this out because you never saw it you yeah. know what I mean it was yeah. like there weren't clues necessarily there were very minor things but that was not enough to be like oh yeah no I get it I yeah get whereas it. with like knives out it's like oh this thing's broken here or like oh there's marks on the rug here right. and then there was like the two detectives working in tandem right. with Benoit trying to figure it out whereas this was kind of like a self-contained mm-hmm mystery so it was very different in the way that it played out too it felt like very different movies all together in a way but still oh my gosh I loved it it was so fun just like the whole thing too it was kind of like you had moments that were really shocking and I thought wow this just got so dark so so dark and Benoit's accent like that deep foghorn southern leghorn, yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> ridiculous gay foghorn leghorn <laughs> so goofy, so goofy. But the cast was so good in in well in both movies, Knives Out and oh, yeah. Glass Onion. I think in both, it's the cast that kind of carries it. Also, the camera work. Yeah, Ugh. the camera work is fantastic. It's so good. Like it's so stylized. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. But. I think with Knives Out and Glass Onion, the setting plays a big character. Mm. I know with Knives Out, it's it's the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They and they did a lot of. Um, Location scouting to find, like, the house. Because yep. I don't think they built... They may have built a couple rooms, but I think it was primarily... It was primarily... in, like, they found a house. Like, in Knives Out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. In Knives Out. Like, yeah. a mansion-style kind of Edwardian, mm-hmm. Victorian house. Mm-hmm. But then in Glass Onion, you have this whole entirely different setting that I think also serves as a character. You can buy it on Zillow. Fun fact, it's up for sale on Zillow right now. Ooh, how much? $450 million. All right, all right. Is it on a Greek island? It is on a Greek island. Is it really? Yeah, it really is. So that's the beauty. So the, I I am a huge Ryan Johnson fan. I love Ryan Johnson. And the, the beauty of, like, Ryan Johnson films is, like, if they say that they're there, they are there. Hmm. Like, he does not. Well, except for Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So okay. they weren't on Tatooine? Fine. Uh, what do you mean, Taylor? <laughs> Tell me that's a lie. I'm rolling my eyes so hard. At <laughs> this is your roast, <clears throat> Nick. Did you forget? Just the technicality of it. Like, fine. <laughs> on a technicality, you were right. They weren't actually in a space casino. Mm-hmm. Well, well that's they? a... Or maybe they were. You Real bummer. <clears throat> but I, I agree with you, Nick. I, Ryan Johnson, I think, is just a maestro, like, behind the camera. Right. He's, he's fantastic at what he does. And we get one more of these. Like, guaranteed one more of these. Really? Yeah, because that was the Netflix deal when they brought uh, Glass Onion slash, like, Knives Out. Like, they when they bought that story, they were going to do at least two more films. And Glass Onion's the first of those two. 
So they get mm. one more of this, which is, I'm very excited to see what they do. I'm ex- extremely excited. <clears throat> That's awesome. I really yeah. enjoy it. So for people who maybe aren't that familiar with Ryan Johnson, I would say go watch The Brothers Bloom. Mm, which I have not seen. I would 100% recommend it. It okay. is amazing. It's okay. probably the most underrated Ryan Johnson film. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's known for uh, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um for Star Wars, which, you know, is arguably, it's one of those, it's either the best Star Wars film or it's the worst Star Wars film, depending on who you talk to. Like, it's very polarizing. But then, like, he's best known for, like, Looper, and his first film was Brick, which was yeah, a really Brick. great. So he he kind of has a style, like, he really loves these, like, you know, mystery, like, whodunit kind of things, and lo- loves playing with that genre quite a bit, so... You know, if you like Knives Out and Glass Onion, like go check out Brothers Bloom because it's like just as much fun of a film. Okay, another <laughs> two movies that I know both of us have, all three of us. I don't know why I said both of us. Um, you're one person now. <laughs> okay. We're the Nailer. Nailer. The Nailer. Oh, sure, yeah. Or Tickleus. Tickleus. <laughs> Sounds like some Roman like. <laughs> So ticklish. So ticklish. So, so ticklish of Goshen. <laughs> oh, man. Too many drinks. So uh, Wakanda Forever. Yes. Oh, so yeah. good. Okay, that was a theater one for me. What about you guys? Same. Same. Okay. I, I think we saw it opening it. weekend, which was mm. like our first opening weekend film in years really? at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. We, oh, man, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we saw it the Friday it came out. Yeah. Did you? Mm-hmm. Was it packed or was it pretty? It actually wasn't. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, we were in a big group, but mm-hmm. I didn't think the theater was that full. I'd say it was about two-thirds or half full. Yeah. Really? Half full, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's pretty typical at this point. When we went... I think so, too. I feel like it maybe was the weekend after it came out, so still pretty early overall, honestly. Um, but, man, did I... I mean, I cried so much. <laughs> Just, like, that was an emotional, I'm not even going to say roller coaster. It was kind of, like, sad and heartwarming the whole time. There were definitely cool moments. I think that the bad guy in this one is one of my favorites. Uh, He has a really good anti-hero thing going on. Mm -hmm. can't think of his name right now. It's like Aquaman. It's it's Namor. 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 Because he doesn't have love. No love. Oh, it's like Namor. Noah Moore. Yeah. Oh. Noah Moore, Noah Namor. Moore. Oh. Right. Oh. Yeah. You I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. They say it in the movie. I he, totally he does. He has that. a whole monologue about it, and he talks about, like, the, like the people remember. that love me. I go by, I don't remember his, like, beloved name, but yeah. the people that hate me or my enemies, they call me uh, No More. Namor, no, no more. something like yeah, that. Yeah, No More. And, yeah. And then the people that love him are yes or more. Because they do yes. love him. No, it's... it's <laughs> I'm like, kidding. It's like I know it's not. Cuckoo I know it's something. Not. <laughs> no, it, it legitimately is. Do not laugh. Do not laugh me. Cuckoo something. Cuckoo kachoo. Fishman under the sea. Cuckoo kachoo. Marvel's Aquaman. Yeah. Okay, You're, truly, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, so they got an Aquaman. That's, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. 
But then he has those little birdie wings on his ankles. Which, oh man, it was... This one had some rough moments in it, for sure. It was pretty pretty brutal, honestly. But um, really beautifully done. Really good character. It felt like a lot of character development. I mean, in this one, it felt like a lot of time spent on that. Mm-hmm. Story development was good, um, but I feel like this one, if you were looking for um, maybe your more typical, like, action-packed, kicking butt the whole time, everybody teaming up together, that kind of Marvel film, this wasn't quite it. But I liked this as more of an origin yeah. story. Hang on. Before... So, just so I'm not crazy, I want you to try to pronounce that. And and I'm going to have both of you do this. So, Taylor will pronounce it first. Is and then this Riley... the guy's name? Yeah. No, like... no Amor's name? Yes. <laughs> All right. So, Kaukulkan. Yeah, exactly. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Kaukulkan. 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 I'm going to say what Ka'oka-Khan. Okay. No, yeah, that sounds Ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o-ka-o
loses something, loses some power, then power tries to be taken mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, which is also very sad. And, yeah. And this kind of power vacuum. Ugh, yeah. yeah. Just so, so moving, so real, and and crazy because it's you know superheroes, right? But it just you connect. It's so universal. Mm-hmm. I, I personally, I know people give Marvel movies a lot of grief, but I love them. I not all of them, not every one is perfect or whatever, but I think they do a great job. Which another one that I want to talk about is um, Multiverse of Madness. Oh yeah. yeah, which I also saw in theaters. Yeah, um, we saw that in theaters too. Okay. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Doctor yeah. Strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, I really liked it, but I also like a darker film. And this was so much darker than any Marvel movie I've ever seen. Like, Wakanda Forever was beautiful and sad and, you know, a little slow moving, but had your origin story. Multiverse of Madness was like zombies and. Um, possession, and it was bonkers, yeah. bonkers, bonkers. But like, I really liked it. I loved it. It's probably one of my favorite Marvel movies, honestly. Who uh, directed it? Uh, that was Sam Raimi. Okay. Who directed it? He did the <clears throat> Evil Dead series. He did Evil Dead, but he He's also did the original zombie, Spider-Man but... trilogy, the the yeah. Tobey Maguire trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so he had some origins, but dabbled in both. Yeah, I think it's what you would expect from a Sam Raimi film. Yeah. It wasn't. It's not my favorite Marvel, but <laughs> I mean, I figured it wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. It's very dark. It's very uh, graphic, but. Um, it sets the scene, though, for the multiverse. Because mm. that's where they're taking the MCU in Phase 6 or whatever. Right. Well, um, and they also introduce... Is it America? Yeah. Is America, that right? America Shadows. I loved her story. I thought they did a really good job with that. I did feel at times that there was a little bit much going on. Like, once we got to the zombie part, I was like, okay. <laughs> this is... It was great. It was really well done. I love a good dark, dark story. But I was like, shit getting thrown at you left and right kind of the whole time, which was fine, but it wasn't wasn't a slow build by any means. Yeah. You know, you just kind of get thrown right into it. But the America story within that I thought was really well done, and I love her. Like, oh, what a fun, fun character. Yeah, they, I like how they're starting to introduce these younger younger but newer characters because in uh black panther wakanda forever they introduced ironheart Mm -hmm. yes the young mit very smart kind of tony stark type character ironheart Mm -hmm. so well we have a young spider-man we've got a young black panther at this point i mean it's a very it's intergenerational (laughs) at this point you know but it's because I mean, all of our superheroes are well, going to age. Old or dead. <laughs> well, yeah. And, like, we got... Well, we have, like, the next generation. And, like, kind of where they're going to be going with it is, like, obviously they've announced, like, the next Avengers movies and stuff like that. But really where they're going to probably be going with that at some point is, like, either, like, the the new Avengers or 
this is all comic book stuff. So either like the new Avengers or the the young Avengers, and there's like like teams of Avengers where there's like kind of like Teen Titans on the DC side of things. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing where there's like a smaller team of younger superheroes that go off and solve m- more minor things. Yeah, which is what we're going to see with the Marvels because they're yeah. introducing Ms. Marvel, which is a younger right. yeah. um, Captain Marvel type character. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I can't wait for, honestly. And, and there are so many... I think the thing that gets me, though, about the Marvel films right now, it's not the films, it's the series. There are so many of them, that, and they're starting to tie those in mm-hmm. to the movies, which I think is cool, but it also is a little limiting. So if you haven't seen everything, it feels like you're missing stuff. But on the other side, if you have seen it all, you get these cool Easter eggs. So it's like yeah. kind of a 50-50 for me. Yeah, it just is overwhelming in some ways. Yeah, because it's fascinating to me talking to people who hadn't watched WandaVision, but then they went and saw Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. That would have thrown me The Wanda character, it's such a great, it's just such a huge, huge leap. And frankly, and I watch WandaVision, but frankly, even for me, it's like, that's still a huge leap for that character to take. And... And maybe this is just the nature of the multiverse. It's just like, I don't know. I just was like, there's so many plot holes with it. That's like, mm, why didn't she just do this? Like, oh, no. If, yeah, for sure. You know, for it's like, sure. like t- with time travel, it's like, oh, well, if anything's possible, like, why didn't she just do this? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where my own personal know, fallacy is. Is like, oh, like, I just, it's like yeah. there's so many plot holes. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, you know, time travel gets sticky. And I mean, there were clear, I mean, they brought in Professor X for this, and they brought in these, you know, characters who were playing people that we, well, superheroes that we know and love that are different. And it's just like a very interesting um, twist on things that I think would be very hard to maintain. Yeah. If you're not careful. But. I mean, and you know what, Paul Feige, I'm sure he's he's got Ke- all. Kevin. Oh, Kevin, Kevin Feige. <laughs> I don't know. Always, he looks like a Paul. I'm sorry if you just like look his photo. Tell me he doesn't look like a Paul. <laughs> Isn't that awkward? You know, I always think about that. Like when I see somebody that doesn't match their name, it's like, man, do you feel like not a Courtney? Like not a. Charles, like whatever it is, like yeah. is there something you feel more like? Maybe you should change your name. Yeah, sorry, Kevin Feige. He Kevin knows Feige. he's steering the ship, and I think it'll probably be fine. <laughs> <laughs> probably be okay. Well, I, I just think oh, the multiverse is like there's just so many like mm-hmm. it just seems hard to corral mm. in like mm-hmm. I don't know just yeah. with. Timelines, storylines, characters. Like, there's just a lot to wrangle with it. Yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely. It's a lot. It really is. Um, And speaking of a lot, I'm going to... I'll call this my last one because I feel like my list goes on and on and on. (laughs) And I truly can't get through all of it. Um, But everything, everywhere, all at once. Have you guys seen this? No. We have not. It's high up on our list. It is on our list to watch. We just haven't. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I feel like that's how it was for everybody. I only saw it very recently, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was so good. 
<laughs> and I know that everybody says that, so, like, it, it hypes it up even more, but it's truly just, it's odd. It's um, unexpected. I think it brings in a lot of authenticity in really strange ways and brings in strangeness in really strange ways, too, you know? So it's got just some really beautiful dynamics between people. So Michelle Yeoh stars in it, who I love, 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 love so much. Oh, my gosh. And she's so good in this, too. And then her, the guy who plays her husband, I'm going to F up these names for sure, but uh, Kei Yu Kwan, I think, is her husband. And then Stephanie Su, who, Stephanie Su is also, I saw her in um, The Marvelous Miss Maisel for the first time that I had never seen her in anything before. Loved her in that. She's so good. And then in this, she's just, like, mind-blowing. So interesting. She plays the daughter. It is, like, this weird... I don't know, it's like sci-fi kind of, you know, like you have these other dimensions that you end up in or like parallel universes essentially, which is not what you're expecting because it starts off very mundane. Like you have a very modern, mundane sort of living situation and then shit gets crazy and it's so fun to watch. It's so fun. It's just very entertaining the whole time. So if you have a chance to watch it, definitely add it to your list. I feel like Everybody's talking about it. Everybody loves it. So I, yeah, and the acting is so good. So, so good. So, 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 so good. And I have a list of scary horror movies, but I know Taylor's not into those, so we can just skip right over those. I'm not going to say too much about those. Because <laughs> um, I feel like I bring them up every time I watch them anyway, so you probably oh. heard about them. But this is, like, just quirky, weird, strange, lots of fun. So, y'all covered basically like 95% of my list, so I'll cover two things real quick. Okay. So, the first one is not a movie, it's a series, but highly recommend if you are like a 80s or 90s kid and you loved like Saturday morning cartoons, but you are an adult now. Uh, so, the first one is The Legend of Vox Machina. We watched that this year. Ooh, yeah, I saw that. Or I haven't seen it, but I saw it pop up on my thing. Yeah, so it's an Amazon Prime show. Uh, They did, I think it was 10 episodes, 9 or 10 episodes uh, for the first season. Um, Just such a well-done show. And, like, from people that really just love cartoons. It's Mm. the Critical Role group uh, that does this cartoon um, the only reason I bring it up is because they're actually doing a season two that comes out in January. So, which was kind of surprising that they did a season two so quickly from season one because season one was a Kickstarter that got picked up by Amazon, and then Amazon was like, "Yeah, go do a season two. And isn't it like a world record for a Kickstarter? A uh, Kickstarter specifically for television. Oh. Um, so it broke the record. It beat uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Uh, for the the most funded like television program, I don't think it quite is the record level for like a singular like Kickstarter uh, product. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, hugely successful. But it's very reminiscent of like a Saturday morning cartoon kind of vibe, but with adult humor. Like this is not like a kid show <laughs> by any means. 
Yeah, it's like an Adult Swim. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's very much. I, I wouldn't <laughs> go as far as Adult Swim, but um, I would definitely say like if you love Saturday morning cartoons as a kid, like you know, like the the He Man's and like the Ghostbusters and the Ninja Turtles and stuff like that of the, those kind of cartoons, like you'll definitely love this. It definitely has adult humor in it, though. Oh, full fledged adult humor. Yeah. Like this is it's it's that art style or that kind of like vibe, but with like full fledged adult humor yeah. um okay. for sure and the soundtrack is really fun because it's all D related and they have a bar in the group that does all original music which is really funny because even in like the midst of like kind of struggling like he has a song moment that's like really funny okay um, very cool and even for someone who's not that familiar with like critical role campaigns like i loved it i thought it was really well done and entertaining and i it i didn't feel lost or confused like it did a good job introducing the ti- the place and the characters yeah so don't feel like you okay yeah. yeah this is this is one of those cartoons that yeah anybody can jump into the people who watch critical role will like catch the nods to what they've seen before but if you've never seen critical role you don't have to it's not a prerequisite mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it's pretty fantastic so that aside so uh an, an actual movie that we saw fairly recently in the theaters which uh surprisingly like really loved at the end of the day <laughs> for as ridiculous as it was was uh the the Chris, the christmas movie violet night Okay, and yeah. I'm going to put this, like, I'm going to put an, I'm not going to put an asterisk by it, but I'm definitely going to say, like, it's basically for the people that staunchly are in the, um, like, uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie group. Mm-hmm. This is that kind of movie. Like, this is very much that kind of movie. Like, but it's, I would kind of say, <laughs> if weirdly... <laughs> is way more Christmassy than you expect it to be. It's, like, very wholesome, like, as far as, like, the message goes. But then Believing in Santa, yeah. Yeah, well, and then, like, Santa kind of believing in himself, too. Like, he's he's kind of, like, disenchanted with himself with the idea of being Santa. And then, like, he learns the meaning. It's like a Santa coming of age story. It it kind of is. (laughs) And, like, the story behind it, I'm not going to get too deep into it. but the story. But the story behind, like, how Santa became Santa, like, is very interesting. Like, they actually tell a really good story, but then, like, there's a hostage situation, and, like, Santa has to, like, save the day. And oh, so, my God. So there's, like, really ridiculous <laughs> stuff with it. And I love Santa. So the only, like, thing I'll mention about Santa, Santa was very reluctant to, like, save the day, but then when you pissed off Santa, he was like, all right, let's go. I'm going to mess you um, up. They, did have a, they had a moment where he did say the line, like, like Santa Claus is coming to town. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, like, busting heads. But <laughs> it was one of those, oh, it was one of those, God. they knew exactly who they were. Uh, and, isn't they, it? and they leaned into those those tropes, but then they, like, all treated it very genuinely. Like, all, all of the acting is very genuine. It's and, the guy who plays Hopper, right? Yeah. In Stranger Things? Okay. Yeah. And he's, oh, my He's God. a David wonderful Harper. Santa. Like, yeah, he's Harper. the best yeah, casting for... And the fact that he He's treat, a great Santa. And the fact that he treated it so earnestly, like, as, like, a kind of a disgruntled, like, disenchanted Santa, mm-hmm. like, he did it perfectly. Like, 
I can't. That's awesome. Like, it's one of those movies where it's just like, you want to just hate it just from, go watch the trailer and you'll just be like, this is the dumbest movie in the world, but. But also it looks amazing. But also you're just like, I want to watch it though. Okay. Is it it entertaining? Yes. Then it is worth your time. A hundred percent. But it's also genuinely like a very like sweet Christmas film. It does crack me up though that you, that you compared it to kind of Die Hard. Like if you, if. If you're a person that's like, yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, you would absolutely love this. And I do feel like this is Die Hard if die if John McClane was Santa Claus. Oh, true. And they and that's and there's true. also like Home Alone references. Like they fully reference like Yeah. It's like I forgot about that. Yeah, there's there's a part where basically it's set in modern day and like there's a daughter, there's a little girl, and she just watched Home Alone for the first time. Mm. And so so there's definitely references to that because she just saw Home Alone. And, you know, mm. that's the thing that's in your head during Christmas is stuff like that. And so, yeah. Like, so there's, but it definitely, like, it. this isn't a kid's movie either. This isn't no. one of the, this isn't Home Alone. Like, this is, like... Home Alone for the people that grew up with Home Alone and want something a little bit more adult. Mm. Like, it's kind of that continuation for, kind of like Vox Machina. It's like, it's like Saturday morning cartoons, but more adult. Right. It's like Home Alone or like Die Hard, but like even more adult. And Die Hard was kind of an adult film to begin with. So. Right. Yeah. That is fun. What a good suggestion. Not what I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Taylor, you said that you had several that you're looking forward to in this next year. What are some movies that you are looking towards um, in 2023 that are coming out? Okay, so the movies I'm looking forward to in 2023, I don't, I just have a short list. I know that there's a bunch that I'm looking forward to mainly, you know, all the MCU movies that are coming out, but... I'm excited for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is the follow-up to um, the Sony animated Mm -hmm. feature. I I just love it so much. The animation is so just amazing to watch. Like, the technical, like, the technicality effects of it is just, it's fascinating to me. So, I'm really excited for that. I'm also looking forward to Barbie. So Me too. <laughs> the trailer just came out, or sorry, the teaser trailer just came out, and it's like Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, which I love, 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 love. Because um, at first I'm like, what is this movie even going to be? Like, I I don't know. Like, it seems so bizarre to me. But it's like Margot Robbie and... Is it Ryan Gosling? It's Ryan Gosling. Okay, Ryan Gosling. But I think with Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach as, like, writers and directors, like, I'm looking forward to it. And the teaser was was entertaining. I've seen a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff for it just as they've been filming, and it looks so fun. Even just, even if it's not a great story, I think the visual aspect of it will be worth it i think so too so enticing yeah i'm definitely yeah so that's definitely on my list and then uh dungeons and dragons honor among thieves (laughs) yes that looks so good (laughs) it looks so exciting because it's got like chris pine and your favorite hugh grant yes (laughs) (laughs) who also cameos in glass onion had to mention that i was like 
my love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Such good ones coming out. Uh, Seriously. There's another. So I don't know if you've heard anything about 65. Mm -hmm. That's coming out. It's an Adam Driver film. Um, It's got a bunch of great people in it. Danny Elfman does a soundtrack for it. It's Mm -hmm. the same director that did um, A Quiet Place. So it's like. Um, an astronaut lands on a prehistoric earth Mm. and so i think it's like a thriller or adventure kind of thing but it looks really 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 good because i have a teaser trailer out for that too. oh i'll have to watch that yeah it looks pretty awesome um they also have a live action ariel that's coming out a little so i think that'll be interesting i'm curious just to kind of see how that goes and I really love Mission Impossible, and they have a new Mission Impossible coming out. Um, and I'm mostly excited because Simon Pegg is in it. So oh. I think that'll be really, really fun, too. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I everything that you mentioned are all things that I was looking forward to. So, Oh, and Dune. The second part two of Dune is coming out, and I really loved the first one. So okay. I think that'll be really cool, too. Oh. Lots of good ones. I did see there was a new Star Trek coming out. I think it's like Star Trek Beyond or something. Isn't there already a Beyond? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, there's so many. Honestly, I, I love Star Trek, but I have trouble keeping up with anything anymore. Yeah. Star Trek and Star Wars, honestly, mm-hmm. both of them, because they've spun off and done so many things, it's hard for me to keep up with it. It is hard to keep up, yeah. I'm trying to see if I, yeah, I don't think I, yeah, I'm not sure what it, what it is called, but I'm sure there is. And then there's, yeah, the, the Marvels and, um, I like the Ant-Man and Wasp Mm. is coming out and I, I really like Ant-Man actually. I think it's just fun, goofy, silly, entertaining kind of stuff. Yeah, that one does look good. Quantumania. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, And that one's really going to be the big crux for kind of the next few films down the line too mm. which is kind of nice to see that the ant-man series because it was kind of like oh yeah silly comedy ant-man movie and now it's like the crux for for the next like phase of mm-hmm. marvel stuff there's which gonna is be great. a loki season two that also i think ties it in too which will be interesting again to see if you know like do you have to watch that season to kind of get what's going on or I mean I will because I love the Loki um series that they came out with same with WandaVision I really Mm -hmm. liked it so of course I was gonna watch it but they also had um in the multiverse of madness didn't they throw back to uh what if yeah that series Mm -hmm. they had done of the different yeah yeah what if is really good which I watched a couple of them I didn't watch all of it so Mm -hmm. I think I didn't quite get everything that was being referenced but i felt like i still understood what was happening yeah you know but you would like the later what ifs yeah yeah because they're darker for sure (laughs) that's why i would like it yeah they get really dark (laughs) well i think the the, the main thing is they're like it it, there's a path for the what if shows it's not just Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like just standalone like what ifs kind of thing Mm -hmm. like there's a reason behind like that's kind of the beauty of marvel stuff it's like they're not just doing stuff just to 
do stuff, like, there's a reason for it, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is kind of intriguing. Yeah. All very motivated. Are there, is there anything else that we didn't mention that you're kind of looking forward to, Nick, or? Yeah, so there's, there's a couple for sure. So, like, obviously, so Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is definitely, like, high up on my list. It's probably the one I'm most excited for. I, there's two that, uh, actually, so there's, there's one I'm ex- actually excited for just coming off of the World Cup. Uh, there's one coming out called Next Goal Wins, which is from Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has Michael Fassbender in it, um, and it's basically about like a Dutch coach. It's based off of a true story. Like he coaches the American Samoa soccer team slash football team, and like tries to make them like good. And like it's kind of the like this true story film about that, which is very intriguing. And it's Taika Waititi, so you know it's not not going to be bad film it's going to be fun film so that one is like the one i'm like ooh, i would love to see this and mm-hmm. see how this goes the one i'm definitely like in the more intrigued about uh is the new indiana jones film the indiana jones mm-hmm. and the dial of destiny which i'm not ex- i'm not thrilled about the name but i think they've sat there and learned a very hard lesson from kingdom of the crystal skull which it's like you know yeah exactly like we we need to redo this movie and like send indiana jones off on a much better course than what they did originally so i'm i'm intrigued by that one so i think they they'll learn their lesson um if you've watched the trailer there's a trope in there that um i'm kind of over uh which is like bringing back like old classic movies or like bringing back like theme tunes like theme instrumentals from like from the past from like like the originals you mean yeah Yeah. like not only indiana jones but from like so many movies that jurassic park does this too where it's like in the trailer they'll they'll just slow down their themes and like make it very dramatic and like heavy Mm. and that's like that's what they'll do in the trailer and it's like indiana jones doesn't really need that but they like for some reason wanted to make it like very heavy and just like dramatic Mm. so that's a trope that i was noticing this year and i was like that needs to stop (laughs) yeah i can't say i'm looking forward to that film at all i saw it was coming out and i thought hmm not gonna watch that i saw the trailer for it and i was like okay like we we got some ways to go but it's indiana jones and so i'm 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 curious to see how it's gonna go it's less of a i'm excited about it and it's more i'm intrigued to see how this goes Mm -hmm. because i got one more that is very much like i'm intrigued to see how this goes and it's very similar in the vein of uh, violet night as far as like it's weird, and I'm kind of curious to see how this goes, of why they decided to make this film. Uh, it's a film called uh, Cocaine Bear. <laughs> and I can't even say this without laughing. Cocaine Bear? Cocaine Bear. <laughs> Is it based off, like, Ted, that little creepy I really would... That... that would actually make it way more <laughs> yeah, exciting to watch. A... Weirdly enough, it's based on a true story <laughs> from the 80s. So in like the so in the, so in the nineteen eighties, there was um, basically like a plane crash somewhere, and like the people were juggling uh, smuggling uh, drugs. Juggling. They were juggling. 
They're juggling <laughs> cocaine. Juggling all the way. They're juggling drugs. It's true. They were uh, smuggling drugs, and their plane crashed, and like they lost some cocaine. And I guess a bear <laughs> found it. And I guess the the kind of the urban legend. I don't know how true this part is, but I guess the bear ate the cocaine. Mm-hmm. And so they made a movie of this, which I saw the trailer for very like very quickly, and I was like, okay, this is weird, but they actually put a decent cast behind it. They're treating this very earnestly, kind of like Violet Nights. <laughs> so, um, so I'm just. Cocaine bear. Okay. So, so yeah. So uh, it's directed by Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks. Oh, okay. I'm so already I'm she, on board. For she this. directed two of the the Pitch Perfect films and has directed. I think she directed one other thing. Um, I do like Elizabeth Banks. But the whole idea behind it and like the poster for it is like really ridiculous and over the top. And it focuses on this bear that's just hopped up on cocaine and (laughs) and is very erratic and violent. (laughs) And so they treat it like a horror film. But then, you know, there's like comedic elements to it. And so it's one of those where I'm just like, why? I feel like we've swung so far around the pandemic where it's just like, I think people just want like very silly entertainment, but then they want like this, like, I mean, I'm going to say I didn't ask for this, but I'm not opposed It's the to movie it. you didn't know you wanted. Exactly. I, that's what I'm um, hoping for. I love that it's got Ray Liotta and Carrie and Russell. Carrie Russell. <laughs> and then the guy that played young Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah, so there's... Alden Ehrenreich? Um, yeah, what? Ehrenreich. Yeah, so so it's a it's surprisingly like a decent cast behind it. And then like, you know, you have Elizabeth Banks who yeah. has has like directed some great films and so you're just kind of like, okay, what what's going on and why are there so many people taking this seriously? So I'm I'm intrigued by to see what becomes of this okay well thankfully okay it says the genre is thriller but then in the storyline and plot it says it's a dark comedy which yeah really tracks i if it were not a comedy i would be frustrated (laughs) but thankfully yes i mean it sounds like a kind of oh my gosh like a um cabin in the woods kind of thing like you know, ooh, murder, For teens sure. in the woods, but also we're making fun of this kind of it, ridiculous story. I have a feeling, yeah, it's, it, I think it kind of knows what it is, and it's just going to lean into that, like, knowing full well that it's, you know, a very silly premise, and they're just going to treat it as earnestly as possible, and then just make a great film around it. So. Right, they truly did not try to hide any thing about this like they just call it cocaine bear yeah like that's what it's about is a bear on cocaine so they are they have trailers up i'm interested in watching them yeah well and we don't have to wait that long it comes out in february so. right ooh, ooh, ooh. happy sounds, valentine's day let's watch like some cocaine time. bear I mean, traditionally, funny enough, that is when a lot of, like, horror movies come out is around Valentine's Day. Yeah. Mm. So, so yeah. I, I don't put I don't put that on my list as, like, a joke or anything like that. Like, I'm legitimately intrigued because, especially coming off of Violet Night, where I was, like, fully expecting 
to just be like, oh, what a dumb movie. I mean, I was entertained by it. But, like, I legitimately came out of Violet Night going, like, that was surprisingly a very good movie. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of hoping Cocaine Bear is kind of up there with, you know, the same level of, like, oh, I was not expecting this to be a good movie. But surprisingly, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it makes me think of, like, uh, kind of that... Simon Pegg genre of horror where it's kind of goofy, ridiculous, over the top, and good acting, but dark, like dark comedy for yeah. sure. Yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, I've heard nothing about this, but I truly cannot wait. I think it just made it itself number one on my list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so too. I'm surprised you didn't say Mario. No, that is actually at the bottom of my list of Evan. <laughs> Of most anticipated films. I could care less about that film. Yeah. Uh, just from watching the trailers, uh, it's very clear that uh, even Nola's upset about it. Um, it's very it's clear that it's just not going to, like, you know, it's going to be beautiful as far as animation goes. And, mm. like, you know, the story will probably be, you know, somewhat decent, but I'm just not excited just about Just a it. money grab. It's like a Sonic 2.0 kind of situation. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And so, yeah, that's probably at the bottom of my list, to be perfectly honest. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the other thing on my list is uh, Legend of Vox Machina Season 2, which we've already talked about. That, mm-hmm. that comes out at the beginning, or end of January. So, very excited about that. Yeah, I feel like we all have lists a mile long of TV shows as well, and if we had more time, we'd talk about everything we've been watching, but <laughs> we don't. Um, and I think we've left you with a good list of things to check out from this year, mm-hmm. whether it is from 2022 or older, and some things to look forward to. So maybe you'll watch it when we watch it, and maybe it'll make it onto a podcast episode so you'll be able to follow along and know exactly what we're talking about um but in the meantime happy new year everybody yeah happy new year Year. yeah cheers and truly whether you like it or not we're gonna be back so uh (laughs) next time you hear us we will be in 2023 and we're so excited to bring in the new year with you so if you haven't already go ahead and follow us like us leave us a review we're on all of your major podcast listening platforms wherever it is you do that um and we usually release on tuesday mornings however we did find out that it releases just a little bit later if you're listening on apple or google podcasts so if you are looking for us and we're not there go ahead check back later in the day or the next day and we should be there so we weren't aware that there was a lag thank you so much to some of our listeners uh, for letting us know that that was happening um good to know definitely so we cannot wait to bring you some new movies and uh to chat with you again next time happy new year Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.